What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Media Student Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Rose. Thanks for listening. So, it's going to switch it up today. We're going to start the interview phase of this podcast. And the first guest that joins us is Justin Toscano. Justin is the New York Mets beat writer for The Record and NorthJersey.com. Justin and I talk about his start of his career, how he got started, um, what inspired him to get started, and kind of when he realized he was pretty good at this and, and wanted to do it professionally, uh, his college and inter- high school and internship experiences. Uh, we talk about the difficulties of moving across the country multiple times for a job, the benefits and disadvantages of being 23 years old and covering a Major League Baseball beat. And he gives his advice to younger aspiring writers uh, for what they should do to uh, have success. And um, yeah, it's a good chat, good conversation. Thank you to Justin for joining me. And without further ado, Justin Toscano. All right, Justin, thanks for joining us here. So um, to start things off, let's um, start with kind of your beginning, what I want to do with all the interviews, just kind of give people listening an idea of how uh, the person kind of got started. So um, did you always want to be a sports writer? I know you started off at like your high school paper, college paper, all that stuff, internships. Did you always kind of know you wanted to get into sports writing? Yeah, I think I think I was just one of those kids that really, really liked sports. And then eventually, like in high school or something, I um, <clears throat> I just figured like I could combine like two passions. Like I liked writing. I know it sounds cliche, but then I like sports. And um, so, yeah, I think that's what I did. And I remember going on like a photography. I had a photography class in high school and we went on a tour of like Petco Park. And for me, it was like pretty cool to like see the press box. And I think that's when like maybe I noticed like that I would want to do something like that because it did seem pretty cool that all those people got free hot dogs and free food for like covering the games and stuff. So, um, um, it sounds simple, but like, I, I just liked writing and I thought that I was like pretty good at it. Um, I actually like didn't do super well. I was in like honors English classes and AP classes in high school, like for English and, and writing and stuff. But I honestly wasn't the guy who got like a hundreds on all my essays and stuff, but I just think like, I knew that I, I liked writing and, and I was pretty good at it. So I just like, and I like sports. So I figured, um, I figured I might want to combine the two, but I, I by no means like knew what I was getting into when I was in high school. Like I did some of the stuff in the school paper and like scribbled notes on like a notepad, like didn't really, you know, do it as thoroughly as I did in college. So I wasn't one of those kids like, like my friends and I have a saying called like AAU journalism kids, <laughs> like kind of like AAU basketball. Like I wasn't one of those kids that in eighth grade was going to all these camps and stuff. So I just kind of basically like I would say I wrote for the high school paper starting my junior high school, but then my start like I'm grateful for that start and the opportunities they gave me, but I didn't feel like I actually like got into it as much as I did than than when I was in college. So I, I joined the, the school paper and um, yeah, so I guess the long winded answer, I guess I kind of did, but I definitely didn't know what went into it as much as I found out like when I was in college. So going into college, you knew that you wanted to 
like get into journalism though like from your experience in high school you definitely knew going in like what your major was and and what you wanted to do yeah yeah i was i was sports journalism through and through uh back then asu like when i went there they developed a sports journalism major when i was a sophomore but um so i was just a regular journalism major but like there was a sports um like all, a lot of us were there for sports so it, it worked out yeah I had a lot of good friends that you know but I was one of those kids. yeah I knew like going in that I wanted to be a sports journalism major like wanted to focus on that and wanted to be a sports writer um and see where it could take me so I was I was lucky because I didn't really have to like figure out what I wanted to do while I was in college which I know is hard for some people because you definitely like shouldn't be expected to have your life figured out by the time you're 24 25 but it, i know with these days and how much college is you know how much it costs like i know it it's more pressure for people to uh figure out what they do want to do and figure out a track so i did know yeah i'm uh i'm kind of the opposite i'm actually older than you i'm about to turn 26 i went to penn state originally for like marketing and business and then uh like dropped out and decided to start going into sports media and all that stuff so um i definitely know the expensive uh, side that you're talking about but uh it's nicer to actually enjoy what you do every day um so do you have a moment you said um you started to get into it more seriously in college do you have a moment where you like you either wrote something or you were doing something and you felt like you know what i actually like can do this for uh for a job and like for my life um Man, I'm trying to think. I think, uh, do you you mean, like, when I knew I loved it or when I knew that, like, I was good at it? Uh, It could be either one. Just a moment where you kind of felt like, you know what, this is what I'm supposed to, what I actually want to do. I can, like, do this. Sure, yeah. So I think uh, when I was a freshman in college, like, I just to join the newspaper, like, I was a news reporter because I didn't have any more spots in sports. So, like, I did that, and it was, like, fine, but then when I first, like, when I applied to sports, and I got, like, the swim beat, and then, like, I was one of the baseball reporters, I think, like, covering baseball was when I knew, like, that I probably, like, wanted to do it, and that I could do it. Like, I wrote a couple of stories that now, like, seem like they're absolute garbage, <laughs> but at the time, like, people thought they were they were good, so I was like, oh, like, maybe I could, you know, I could definitely do this, and I always knew in my head that I could do it, so I always believed in myself, but I think, like, getting on the baseball beat especially was, like, cool for me because, you know, ASU was a baseball school, I guess, really, now they've, they've not been as good since since I went there, but... Um, but that was like cool for me to get to cover like a college sport. And then like even swim, it was like cool for me to like be the guy on like a beat and like cover, you know, it wasn't cool that one of the coaches got, the coach got fired, but like I was kind of on top of that. And that's when I knew that like, I guess that semester, probably the second semester of my freshman year was when I really like started covering like sports beats there. And that's probably when I knew that I, I could do it. Um, and then I got an internship, like it just kind of goes in waves. Like I got an internship at the San Diego Union Tribune after my, for after my freshman year of college. And that was tough because like they expected way more out of me than like I was probably good enough for like with my writing at the time. But, but, um, but like, so that was like challenging, but I think that that first, that second semester of like 
college um that you know that i was a freshman was cool because i was covering baseball and like the team was pretty good that year and uh and like it was just fun and like you'd go out to like practice and be able to talk to the guys and like i don't even know at that point if i like knew how to develop relationships with like the players but it was just cool to be able to get like that insight that people coverage that people seem to enjoy that like fans really craved do you think um that that and working with baseball kind of made you want to have a future in what you do now like covering the covering baseball being a beat writer did that give you was it always like baseball or did did that just just was just like part of your you know helping you become a writer I think it was just part of helping me become a writer because I think um, the one thing it did do was it did make me appreciate baseball a lot more because I grew up and I was like, I mean, I liked football and basketball too, but I loved baseball when I was like younger, like three, four, five, six years old, like loved baseball. But then as I grew up, like the Padres, I'm from San Diego and the Padres just like weren't that good. The Chargers were better at the time I was growing up and the Lakers were better. So it was like, it's more of like a basketball football guy and like baseball just wasn't much of an event in San Diego. I mean, the summers are nice anyways, and the winters are nice. So it's like baseball just wasn't as much of an event. And, um, but then yeah, covering ASU baseball, like got me like back into like my love of, of baseball. I, I felt like, and that was, that was a cool thing that happened. And, um, I felt that, uh, but even going after that, like I covered baseball for like, my entire college career like I covered the team um but it, that, I don't think that meant like like I'm kind of where I am because it happened that way I don't think I'm like a ba- I wouldn't label myself a baseball guy which is kind of weird because I'm sure like you've seen like in college there's there's just that faction of like people at a journalism school that are like baseball guys you know like they they're only baseball and they they love crave live and breathe baseball and like for me I was just gonna try to like get wherever like I would have covered you know college basketball or college football or high school basketball high school football you know whatever I just wanted a job and like I just wanted to get like the best job possible at each spot and that's kind of what led me to here but but I really enjoy what I'm doing it's not to say I'd rather be covering basketball or football because there's some things I've learned about baseball that I think I would like more than like covering basketball football so so I'm yeah I'm really grateful to have had that opportunity those opportunities um so Switching to what you're doing now, and you just talk about, you know, you're really happy with what you're doing. This uh, off season, or I think last year, you took the job in in April and started in May. So this year, you've had like the winter meetings and um, spring training and all that stuff. How how's this off season been different? You know, like fully being with them for the entire season, having you know covered the team last year as well. It's been nice because now like people around the team you know know me a little more and it's like it's easier to introduce yourself to the people behind the scenes like during spring training because like a lot of times they're just they just don't come out of the woodwork that much like during the season and if they do you might not like recognize them because you don't there's so many faces when you start on like a beat and it's just like you you try to like learn people's faces and names and introduce yourself but it's like your head's kind of spinning at a point (laughs) And um, so, yeah, it's been good to settle in. Like the winter meetings was cool to experience. Um, grateful for that. And yeah, like grateful to be at spring trainings. I think it's like more of a laid back time where you can really get grounded on like building some relationships and um, and just being around. Like even if you're not like that's not to say you have dinner with like a source every, you know, three times a week. Like you're just like being around and like showing people who you are 
and like talking to the players and stuff, like they get a sense of who you are. And I think like that's really beneficial in spring training. So like that probably is the aspect that I felt I didn't have last year. Cause I couldn't have, I took, you know, I started in May, but like, um, this year it's, it's been easier to just kind of settle in because it's, it's laid back. And while spring training is like, there are only two off days in the whole month and a half. Like it, it means like you're around. So I, I like that aspect of it. And um, so it's been, it's been better. Like it's been great. It's more like comfortable this year. Uh, you mentioned when you first started covering baseball as a sophomore that you weren't really sure how to build relationships with people. Now, um, you know, you said you're 23. How have you gone about managing that at the major league level when, you know, it's the Mets, it's a big team. And, and these guys have a lot of, you know, media, um, covering them how have you gone about learning how to build relationships with the players and, and different people in the organization um with different people in the organization it's like you definitely just introduce yourself say hi like and you definitely don't want to be the person that they know you have a job to do but you don't want to ask for like like some advice i was given by people was like you don't want to ask for information too early you know like you want to care about the person and um and that's what i try to do is like just be a good person and you know care about them as people and um and and then when it comes to the players like i'm young so i def i have an advantage over some other people like who may not know like the newest rap album or like who may not be into like the same shows these guys are watching because some of them are like if you think about you know because some of them come out of high school so they age-wise they'd just be out of college so like some of them aren't that much old like older than me so it's like it's it's easier to relate to them and I think like when you're talking to them and the types of stories you're doing, like shows to them, like there are a couple guys I have a better relationship with than others because I took time to call people from like, whether it be like their family or like I took time to call like their high school coach for stories. And for me, like that's always been my, um, my MO or I guess like my brand is like, I want to tell those stories behind the scenes of like guys to, to let, to like pull back the curtain and let readers know that they're humans too. And I think they appreciate that because, like, that's always been my thing is, like, you got a job to do, but telling, like, a good story about somebody's life or, like, the human side and tapping into that is a lot more satisfying than, like, if I were to break a deal about, like, a one-year contract or something like that. Like, for me, that, I mean, it might not be that way for other people, and it definitely isn't other that way for other people, which is fine. And, like, you can argue which way is better but i'm not you know it's like not even that i'm arguing which way is better like for me it's always just been like more satisfying but i think when you can do that like i've seen that some of the guys like know that like i care about them and, and not just like their batting average or how many defensive runs saved they have on fan graphs or something you know something like that so i think that's the best way and, and you can't like you have to be strategic with how you go through the clubhouse like sometimes there are days when like I have done a lot of reporting leading up to that day and talked to a lot of people, but like, so sometimes there are days when I just need, when you need to kind of like chill and, and let the guys know that every time you come up to them, it's not going to be for a story. Cause you don't want to be like that person. That's just like walking up with the recorder every single time. So I think there's sometimes you go up and like, even just say hi, like you don't want to bother them every day, even if it's just to talk about random things. Like, you just say hi, you know, just show face and like sometimes you just kind of let it be. So it's like a delicate balance. But I think I think it's easier for me because like 
in some respects because I'm, I'm younger, you know? So it's like, it's not, I don't have that respect factor. I would, if I were 40 and had kids and could talk about them that with these guys, but like, I'm a little younger so I can talk about college with them and, you know, the mind, just, just like stuff that, you know, younger people would, would like our age would talk about. Uh, you mentioned, um, like your different approach to what stuff gets you more excited. Um, do you think that not being at like, you know, like a traditional, like New York media that most of these guys deal with that people are going to for your basic kind of scores and stuff kind of lends itself to that kind of storytelling that you mentioned, liking to tell like the stuff behind the scenes, the people, but not necessarily like analyzing their swing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Exactly. Like I, I think so. Like I maybe, I don't really have anything to back that up because like I've never worked at any of the tabloids or anything like that but um um but it does seem like like i know for them like the paper is super important and um we've kind of moved more like digital not to say like we don't care about the paper but a lot of the stuff we do is like digitally focused so i do think that like my boss is very good about like our editor is very good about saying like just like to be different like there's some stuff we have to cover obviously like our yankees guy had to cover like the garrett cole stuff and like has to cut you know like all that the daily stuff that you like need to cover um but sometimes it's he's just like be different and so um yeah i think that definitely does lend itself because i think there might be again like i don't know because i've never worked there but i think there might be more pressure at like new york tabloids to like break news and and seem like you're on top of it because that's that's how like they might define like a good reporter i guess um but like for me, like I said, I think if you can give fans, like I think there's just different ways to to view it and everybody has their strengths. And that's not to say like I'll never break news or anything. It's just to say that like for me, I'm more focused on building the relationships right now. So that stuff comes more organically later um, if I ever need it to. And I want these people to know that like I care about them and as as humans, like I'm never going to like sell somebody out for, for a scoop or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely do think that where I work maybe lends itself more to uh, to that. Uh, you mentioned not um, necessarily like identifying with like liking to break news or signings and stuff like that. But since you've been covering the Mets, you've had to deal with a lot of like actual news things like the Mickey Callaway, like Jason Vargas situation and the ownership and then Beltron and this whole thing. Like how have you dealt with kind of having to deal with all those things that aren't necessarily like baseball related while covering the team in your season as you're still trying to figure out how to be a, you know, MLB beat writer. So I think with those, um, the hardest thing that you have to nail is like, you can't just say what happened. You have to give the why. So I think like giving context is something I try to do, um, tried to do for those, especially like, because that's like an unprecedented situation, a manager being hired and they're really excited about him and then him being let go because of like a scandal that the vets didn't even know about or, you know, claim to not know about. So um, so with stuff like that, you have to give context and like make sure you're accurate and, and give the why. And for a lot of them, like it's not like you're out, you're out of the you're in the woods on it because like the team will announce it. So I think the team announced a lot of that stuff and then like held a conference call for a couple of things. So like that was like easy stuff to go on. But I think you have to give like the why. And that's important these days for like young people coming out of college. Cause it's like, 
you can't just readers these days like you or i will see something from bleacher report about like a favorite you know a favorite team whoever it may be or like anybody will see something on bleacher report um but like what are you gonna like why should people read your story is kind of like the thing so i think that's like building you know building that contextual like voice is important but like in what you said like as i was still settling in yeah it was like it was a crazy off season. A lot of people said it was the craziest off season they've ever experienced on the beat. So it's like, gosh, I mean, I, I was working a lot more days than I thought I would be, but I like, I didn't really mind. It was, it was fine, but yeah, it's weird how all that stuff happens and you kind of just do your best to give like the proper context and like, let people know like what it could mean, like how it could affect them and uh, their favorite team and um, why it needed to be done. Just like, more than the the five w's you have to give like the context of like why and like what does it mean and i think that's uh sometimes it's tough because sometimes you like don't know like even if you knew people in the organization it's like sometimes those people sometimes rightly so aren't going to tip their hands you know so it's like um sometimes it's hard you don't know what they're thinking and that's one of the hard parts too that i think is a good lesson for younger people like myself is like it's okay to say you don't know like you don't have to have an opinion on everything or you don't have to like be able to tweet nonsense about it's something you don't know. I mean, it's just better to say you don't know because it's like it's a fair response. And these days, like in the days of Twitter and like just instant reaction, I think that's a lot better than some of the nonsense people tweet and say and write. Um, you talked about working more than you thought for a normal like baseball game day. Did you kind of go through like a breakdown of like what your day is like for people who, you know, want to be beat writers, but don't exactly know like the full kind of wake up to go to bed kind of full day's uh, agenda? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I definitely didn't know before I did like this MLB.com internship. Like I had no idea what it entailed. So like for spring training, um, I guess I'll start with spring training. You get up like the clubhouse usually opens at like eight or nine. Um at some of the West Coast ones, like at some of the the Cactus League ones, like I know the clubhouse opens like seven seven thirty for the Diamondbacks sometimes. So it's like if you're open seven seven thirty, depending on where you're staying, you got to wake up at six six fifteen. Um, then you go in the clubhouse for an hour. Then they have you know workouts. So you might you might be able to finish some work or transcribe some things or write something. But then they have workouts, so if you want to go out to those and watch those, you can. Then they'll usually reopen the clubhouse, and um, and then in the couple weeks before the games, like that'll basically be it. Like the manager will speak, but um, and, and you know the days with games, then you go right into the game after the workouts and batting practice and stuff, obviously. And um, so the day for me, the average day if there's like a day game for spring training is like. I wake up at seven, you know, six forty-five, seven, and I'm not home until like five or six, maybe. So, uh, but like, there's definitely like some downtime if you want it. Like, it's it's like a laid-back environment. And then during the season, I mean, games, you know, for a seven-ten game at City Field, the home clubhouse opened at, uh, I think, you know, three. I think it was, yeah, three, three ten. So, um, I think, yeah. So 310, I think. So so then um, I guess you could wake up whenever to get to the, the ballpark because then you're going to be staying there. You know, you, you get in the clubhouse, get whatever you need. 
write your pregame thing, um, do whatever you need to do pregame, watch batting practice, whatever you want, talk to people, and then uh, cover the game. And then sometimes you might have to write stories in game based on what happens, injuries, uh, ejections, whatever it may be. And then a game story, and then you're usually not home till like midnight, um, depending on your commute. Um, but on the road, it's like you're staying a lot of times like right next to the ballpark. So, you know, uh, the visiting clubhouse will open later. So you might open at like, you know, four or something like that. So you might have a little extra time to like get lunch and do something in the city around whatever city you're at. Um, so, yeah, it's like it's really like it's not regimented at all because like you in terms of when you wake up during the season. Cause I mean, I guess theoretically you could wake up at like 1 PM if you wanted to, and you'd still be at work in time. But like, for me, it's like, it's tough sometimes cause I can't go to bed right after I get home from work. Cause I'm still amped up. So like I sometimes don't end up going to bed till two or three. So then it's like, you got to sleep till like, for me, I don't like to sleep till like noon. So it's like getting up at like nine or 10 is kind of tough sometimes after I do that. But it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty wacky schedule compared to like a lot of people's industries. How um how long did it take you to kind of get used to that in, in last season coming from, you know, doing similar to what I do now covering preps and, and college stuff? You're on a different kind of schedule where the, the kids are in school during day and games are, you know, at night. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's different because. um it took me probably like just a couple months to get used to like the schedule. Well, I'd already gotten used to it from like the MLB.com internship I did like right out of college. Um, but in terms of like the road and everything too, it probably took me like a month or something to get used to like fully in the swing of like that new schedule. Like it was never rough, I don't think, or anything like that, but it was just like getting used to everything and the newness of it was, uh, was something. Cause yeah, like in high school, like it takes, God, like the games might take like an hour 45 for like a high school basketball game, but less than that, you'd be out in an hour 45. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just like really different. Um, it was nice not having to wake up at like 745 uh, or like seven o'clock, you know, every day. Like, like some people have to do work like nine to five jobs. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely wacky because then you get home super late and it's like, it's kind of like you still have some energy or at least I do. So it, it took me a couple months for sure. Like maybe, maybe a month actually. Cause it was like, I knew what to expect. So once I got into the full swing of things and then a couple road trips here and there, like it got really easy for me to navigate. Like you just kind of fall into it. Um, you talked about being from San Diego. Uh, then your last job was in you know, covering K-State and like high school's there and now you're in New York and going to Florida. How have you dealt with having to move, you know, basically to the middle and then, you know, to the other side of the country um, early in your career and just, you know, being away from family, friends, all that kind of stuff? Um, Yeah, it's, it's hard. I do, do think that like um, there are definitely times when I miss home or I miss it back in like Arizona or, you know, back West. Uh, but I'm grateful to be in like the largest market in the country. Like at the end of the day, like I hang my hat on, on that. Like, that's something to be grateful for, uh, for sure. But, um, yeah, how I handled it, like it, I'll tell you what, like it, when I was doing the MLB.com internship, like in Phoenix, it was, um, I like Phoenix, but like, there was like a sense that I could be like, like I always 
didn't know if I'd get like a full-time job after college. Like that was always a stressor for me. And so like, I would say that it doesn't matter where you're living if you're stressed about that kind of thing. So I think it's more important to like do what you love, maybe no matter where it is when you're young. I think that's what I've learned. Cause like, um, and I'm grateful to experience new places too. But I always think like when I miss home, it's like, man, if I were like home or if I, like I could live wherever I wanted to live, but if I wasn't, I'm like the type of person that if I didn't feel my career was reaching its potential and that I wasn't doing what I loved, like I would be unhappy. So for me in that sense, it was like, I learned moving to Kansas. I was like, well, it kind of sucks here sometimes, but like, I do remember how unhappy I was in Phoenix, like my senior year, like I enjoyed the year, but it was like, sometimes I was just like, I didn't care. I didn't even care that I lived in Phoenix because like, I just took it for granted. And like my stressor was like, am I going to ever get a job after college? So like now that I do, like, I'm grateful for that no matter, you know, it's cool living in a new place and a big city. And it's like, definitely not, you know, I definitely didn't have to put up with like a lot of time in like a smaller place, but it's just been kind of, it is kind of hard moving around everywhere. And thankfully my parents were great with like, helping me move, you know, out of Kansas and my girlfriend is great helping me move to like New York and and all of them supporting the fact that I'm like not around, you know, other than the off season. But that is the great thing about baseball. And I am grateful for this job too, because like it's allowed me an off season to at least like get back home and I could spend the holidays with my family, which like I think was the hardest part of the Kansas job that I like my parents and my girlfriend like came to me, but I couldn't like like I spent Thanksgiving alone, like all, all all those you know alone pretty much except Christmas and New Year's and uh and I couldn't like go back home because it was like a deal where we didn't get vacation until like we were there for a year um so yeah so I guess like now it feels a little more normal and I'm like grateful for that because even if I'm New York in New York like I'm in Florida for a month or and a half and like that's cool um and like I get to go like to San Diego when they play there and I get to go to Phoenix when they play there and then I get to go there in the off season. So it feels like a little more like I'm not on an island anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what um what would your advice be to some to a maybe kid in high school or who's in college who, you know, wants to be a beat writer um, in the MLB, something from looking at what you did that helped you get there or doing it now, something you wish you that would have maybe helped you be a little bit more prepared uh, from, from whatever you've done so far. Uh, so a couple things I'll give the journalism advice and the general advice. So the journalism advice, what I wish I would have done way earlier than I did was you have to like read, like I loved reading as a kid, but like, if you want to be good at writing, you have to be, you have to read like a lot, like read, like, I mean, if you're in high school or early in college, like chances are the local preps guy is like a better writer than you even. So read all those people, like read the guy who covers the Lakers, you know, the lady who covers the Lakers for the LA times, um, or read like whoever, you know, whoever it may be at the time, like the guy who is the local columnist or something like that in, Indiana like a, if you have if I was going to Indiana I'd read the Indy Star every, you know like read those people like read everything like don't even read just like sports read like news politics opinions like everything because like all of those I feel like you have to to become a good writer you have to read good writing and like 
I think that I didn't do that until like later in my college career. And some of it was just because I was just so busy doing my own writing that like in school that it was like, dude, when do I have time to like, I would read articles on occasion, but it's like, when do I have time to read all this stuff? But now I make a more concerted effort to, to do so because those reading all those helps you that when you start to write and you start to turn that corner, like you can feel your own voice settling into your writing. And that's awesome. And um, so you got to like, just read like everything, like all the professionals, like whatever you like sports, if you like a certain team, like, and read not only the feature stuff, but like the news stuff, like see how they cover an injury or like see how they give an injury update and like see how they, but then see how they like tell a story where they go to the town some guy was from or see how they talk to the local baseball coach that coached this guy who's now in the majors and has been playing the majors for five years. Read all different types of stuff. That's like my biggest journalism advice. And then just write, like write a lot, like anything. Like even if you're like, I mean, there were times when I just like would just like write like blog wise, like do like college basketball picks or just stuff like that when I was like a freshman in college. Um, you know, so like just anything, like just write and you have to write a lot and like definitely get involved because the best way to get better at it is like doing it. So if you can get on the school paper, even if you're covering like track or like swim or something like that, it's like any time that you're talking to athletes and talking to coaches and like honing your craft is like better than sitting on the couch and just doing your journalism homework, like still do your homework, get good grades, but it's like, you need to be like doing this stuff out in the field. And I think that's important. My second piece of advice, like general advice is just like, never give up. Like, don't give in. Like, I know it sounds cliche, but just like, don't give in. Like along the way, there are people in this industry that have like, a lot of egos like people still big time me and I feel like I'm in a pretty good job and and I still get big time just because I'm like 23 years old and people don't think I should be where I am and like so like you don't ever give in like don't ever give up don't listen to what people say about you like keep a close circle and like have those people support you and like don't ever listen to any of the negatives whether it be like oh the industry's dead or it's all gloom and doom if you want to do it badly enough like you're going to put in the work to do it and if you love what you're doing, that matters way more than like anything. So if it means going to a job in like Kansas, then you do it. Because if you love the craft that much, then you, you're going to do it. Like, like it. Yeah, sure. It sucks sometimes, but it taught me like that. I, I really, really love like just the craft of writing and like forming stories and, and story ideas and, and things like that. So it's like, don't ever give up. Like, don't listen, listen to your heart and not what other people say. Like, listen to your inner circle of what people people supporting you but don't ever let outsiders influence you like don't herm edwards always likes to say and i love this don't let somebody else's perception become your reality like somebody else might think you're not good but like don't worry about that like if you know um if you know what you want to do and you know you love to do it then like go get it like don't ever give in like life's too short to have any regrets so like just take every opportunity don't say no to anything like don't stick your nose up to anything either if they want you to cover like the highest local high school game then you do it like you do it because it's clips like it's it's experience you could learn something that night um god uh geez how much time do you have? i i focus on the process you're not going to scale mount everest in a day like 
focus on the process. That's something I'm really bad at. But like these days, I definitely try to look back at the day and be like, okay, what are a couple of the things that I learned? Like a couple of the things that like I can take going forward. And that's how I focus on it. Like you got to climb every day. And, uh, and yeah, just like, don't give up. Like life's too short to give up or to give in or to become scared or to listen out. I said influence. It doesn't matter if you have anybody in your family. Like I don't, nobody in my family is like a reporter or journalist or anything. So it's like, I didn't have any connections going in. so it's like, I built what I did like myself. So it's like, you can do it. Like, even if you don't do it in high school, you maybe you didn't do it that much in college. Like there's success stories of people who didn't do it that much in college, but it's like, just don't give up, don't give in. And maybe the biggest one is like, don't have an ego. Like once you get into the industry, like help the younger people, like help people in college. Like that's like the favorite, my favorite is like when younger people ask like for advice. Cause it's like, I was in their position. So like, I know how it feels to ask somebody for advice and to think you're like not going to get an email back or you're not going to get a direct message back or anything like that. Like, like I value that, like, this is an industry. People think our industry is crumbling, so we need to support each other. And like a lot of times young people are scared away from reaching out to, to older, more experienced people or people they see as more successful because they think those people are going to big time them. And a lot of times, not that. A lot of times people big time them because those older people are insecure about themselves. So it's like, you know, just keep reaching out to people and like keep trying to help those like younger than you or those who like maybe aren't as talented as you or maybe aren't as good as you yet. Like keep like reach out to them because it's like when I do that, like when I respond to people, it's not that I'm coming from the thing of like, I'm way better than you and always be better than you. That's not the case because there's a lot of really talented young writers. My whole thing is that like, hey, maybe like I'm just a little older. So maybe something I've learned can like help you out and help you hone your craft. And like, and that's like, we got to support each other, man. And I think that's like the biggest thing. Just be a good person. Like it's not that hard. So I guess that's my long winded Ted talk. <laughs> no, appreciate it. Um, yeah, and that's how, that's how we, uh, you know, know each other because I reached out to you for help um, applying for your old uh, job in Kansas because I saw you comment on the journalism jobs uh page saying hey you know this is my old job reach out if you uh if you need any help applying and i did and uh you gave me advice and you know it helped it helped me apply to the job and helped me form my other applications and end up you know getting a job doing what i'm doing now so definitely uh speaking something he actually does and he's on this podcast helping me uh help you guys as well so um yeah no it's important it's something that i talk about um telling kids reach out to people um super important because people actually will answer a lot of people answer messages that you wouldn't think um and it's, it's super helpful when you're starting out to try and build some connections and that's what i'm trying to do with this podcast so thank you for uh for sharing i appreciate that uh that yeah 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 for sure like i think i was just like in college like obviously the arizona republic uh paula bovin you know paula diefenbach now but um it was a columnist there and then doug haller was the asu guy and i think like both of them i saw how they were at the top of the game in terms of like the industry and they were widely respected but they still never treated students like they were students like they treated you like you belong to be there like in the press box with them and i think like 
that's something that was invaluable to me because like not everybody does that like certainly like gosh man like i i don't know how many other markets have people like that but it's like we need to like help people and like maybe something you know you know could help somebody else and it's like those i always took it from those people that like i knew that if i was ever maybe in a position where people like would want my advice that i would never make them feel like they were lesser and never make them feel like you know like they couldn't do it or anything i think we need to just like just be a good person it's like it's really not that hard cool all right man well thank you again for your time um you guys i will put the justin's uh social media all in the podcast you can follow him there for met stuff or just to take his advice and read um from somebody like he said read somebody um who's ahead of you and and to actually learn from them but justin thank you for talking to us and uh sharing some of your time from spring training in florida and um appreciate it appreciate the advice cool man yeah thanks i appreciate you having me on it's uh it's been awesome all right justin we'll uh we'll talk soon thanks all right so thank you again justin toscano for joining me on the first interview episode of the sports media student podcast this is going to be the format going forward um not ideal but trying to book these interviews uh, myself, set them up and, and edit them and everything, and get them posted. Uh, they're just going to kind of happen when they happen. So uh, working on getting more interviews in the future, going to start to try and branch out to different areas of the sports media industry and bring you guys some interesting people that you can learn from. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, if you are looking for Justin's or my social media, those links will be in the description of this podcast thank you guys for listening hope you got something from it and as always subscribe rate review reach out to me on social media if you have any questions or any suggestions for people who you think will be good for me to talk to thanks for listening see ya